this is the in focus podcast from the hindu welcome to this edition of the hindu's in focus podcast i'm shriram lakshman the hindu's us correspondent and your host for this episode Joining me today from Washington DC is Milan Vaishnav, director of the South Asia program at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. At Carnegie, Milan's research is centered around the political economy of India, for instance, state capacity, corruption, governance and electoral behavior. He is the author of When Crime Pays: Money and Muscle in Indian Politics and has edited a number of books. Milan is also an adjunct professor at the Edmund A. Walsh School of Foreign Service at Georgetown University. Today he joins us to discuss the results of a survey on how Indian Americans view India. Milan, thanks very much for joining the Hindus in Focus podcast today. It's great to be here. Thank you. You've recently released a report on a survey of Indian American political attitudes predominantly in the India context this is a survey you've worked on with Sumitra Badrinathan of the University of Pennsylvania and Devesh Kapoor of Johns Hopkins Science can you tell us a little bit about the survey and how it fits into the larger universe of surveys and data that we have on the diaspora a diaspora that is growing both in terms of numbers and political power yeah i think that's right you know there has been an increasing interest i would say in the past 10 years in asian american voters writ large of which indian americans of course are one subcomponent um because they you know asians are the fastest growing minority group immigrant group indians are the um are the are the second fastest growing um and so you know as their numbers have swelled so has their political and economic influence and you know there have been some studies which have looked at indian americans but they've been uh, relatively sporadic and they've been pretty focused on voting patterns and what we wanted to do with the survey is to say okay you know obviously we're interested in how indian americans were thinking about the us uh, 2020 presidential election uh but no one's ever asked them how they think about india so we have surveys of how indians think about america we have surveys of how Amer- uh, americans think about india but we don't have any surveys of how indian americans view india and so uh this new report which you alluded to which just came out a couple weeks ago really tries to focus on that question you know we know that prime minister modi has made the diaspora a central component of his foreign policy um we think that the diaspora views the changes underway in india and prime minister modi more specifically quite favorably although we're just going by anecdotes right so we wanted to kind of systematically test you know how do people stay connected with india how do they view politics there what are their policy preferences and and kind of what future do they envision for us india relations right so as you'd mentioned anecdotally we know that indian americans are connected to india but how did you measure connectivity in your survey and what did you find yeah so you know we start off with a very standard question which is asked of many diaspora groups which is just you know how connected do you personally feel with india right it's a very subjective measure uh and what we found is actually some very interesting variation which is not that surprising which is that there's a divergence between 
foreign-born Indian Americans, uh, so those who are typically born in India and who immigrated here at some point, versus the second generation, uh, people like myself, who have Indian parents but were born in the United States. So uh, close to 60% of foreign-born Indian Americans say they feel either extremely or very connected to India. Uh, that number is just 36% for U.S.-born Indian Americans, right? So on the other hand, U.S.-born Indian Americans, again, part of the second generation, are much more inclined to say they feel somewhat connected, not too connected, not at all connected. So right off the bat, you see this variation. Now, that's a really general question. So we asked kind of two follow-ups, one about dimensions of kind of personal connectivity. Do you travel? Do you support nonprofits back in India? Do you talk in some way, communicate message with friends and family back home? And we also asked about kind of cultural engagement. And on personal connectivity, uh, there's a very clear pattern of, again, foreign-born, uh, more likely to travel, more likely to communicate with friends. Uh, w- one discrepancy here is that U.S.-born Indian Americans are actually more likely to have said that they've given to a religious organization back in India in the last year, particularly uh, strong for Hindus. Uh, the last thing we asked about was kind of culture, right? Do you eat Indian food? Do you enjoy Indian arts, music, dance? Do you watch Indian movies or television? And what's quite interesting is, yes, foreign-born tend to do more of those things, but the overall levels are actually quite high for both groups. So, you know, some of the uh, aunties and uncles I, I, I joked before might be happy to know that of the U.S. born Indian Americans, two thirds of them report eating Indian food in the last month, um, compared to about 75 percent, three and four of, of foreign born. That's interesting. So donating to religious organizations, that stands out. Why do you think we're seeing this? Does it have anything to do with religion being more formalized in the U.S. than, say, in India, where it is or it used to be a personal affair largely? Yeah, I I think two things. One is that we know that many of the civil society groups and associations which have really sprouted and frankly have been around for a long time have a religious tint to them. Um uh, so I think, you know, that forms a kind of bedrock of the of the social capital and the social network for many Indian Americans. I think the second is that, you know, it's a key way to feel like you're giving back, like you're contributing in some way. And so, you know, we often think about kind of diaspora as, you know, oh, remittances, sending money back to family or diaspora entrepreneurs engaging in, you know, venture capital and Indian businesses. But um, we forget that there's a lot of just private giving, right, either through secular nonprofits or through religious organizations. So in terms of India's place in the world and the Indian government, I understand the survey measured the extent of support for India. How did you measure this and what did you find? Well, you know, there's there's so many ways of doing this. The standard way, again, something that's asked across countries is just basically, you know, do you feel like things in India are generally going in the right direction or are you worried that things have kind of gotten off track? And, you know, despite what you might think about how how positive the diaspora is, the responses are are pretty mixed. So around 36% of Indian Americans report that India is currently on the right track, and 39% believe it's on the wrong track. 
Um, I should point out that one in four, 25% don't have an opinion, right? They Perhaps they don't feel informed enough or educated enough to, to, to give an answer to that. Uh, here too, we see some variations. So US born Indian Americans are much more pessimistic than their foreign born uh, counterparts. Uh, you know, a second way of doing this, and this is actually something which came from surveys of Jewish Americans when they're asked about Israel, is it can be hard to disentangle how people feel towards a country, which is kind of an emotional connection, and how supportive they are of the government. So we sort of ask people, you know, put yourself on a spectrum. Are you pro-India and supportive of the government? Or are you just generally not pro-India at all? And and the modal response, the most common response, uh, 35% of the sample say, look, we are generally pro-India, but we're also critical of some of the Indian government's policies, right? So we're not unabashed supporters, we're able to take a more objective view. What are the top issues facing India, according to Indian Americans? Are these perceptions shared across different subgroups of Indian Americans? Is this something you've looked into? Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting question. So, you know, we sort of asked, as you think about India, you know, what would your assessment be of the top three challenges that India faces today? And the results were pretty clear. Um, there are two issues which really cluster at the top, government corruption and the state of the economy. And, you know, you could go through people's, they were able to give a first choice, a second choice, and a third choice. These two issues remain at the top across the board. Uh, after these two kind of governance development issues, you get things like religious majoritarianism, healthcare. Foreign policy issues are kind of middle of the road issues. So, you know, China and terrorism, for instance, uh, about 7% each uh, uh, Indian Americans uh, rate that kind of in the middle of the pack. You asked about variation and, and here there's some interesting variation by sort of, you know, both place of birth and, and, and age. So again, whether you were born in the United States or not, uh, government corruption in the economy uh, do still remain the most important issue. Uh, a couple notable differences, though, um, for younger Indian Americans and those who are U.S. born, and of course, those two things are overlapping, of course, um, much less focused on foreign policy issues. So foreign born uh, Indian Americans are three times as likely to say China is an issue, for instance. U.S.-born Indian Americans are very concerned about issues of discrimination. Um, so gender discrimination doesn't rate really at all for foreign-born uh, sort of sexism, gender discrimination in India. But uh, but that is a, a much bigger issue for people who are born in the United States. Okay. And in terms of political parties and politicians in India, I understand your data suggests that the BJP is more popular than the Congress. How does this vary between foreign-born and U.S.-born respondents? Yeah. So, you know, I should just mention, Sriram, that, you know, we surveyed uh, a cross section of the Indian American community. So that includes non-citizens, non-U.S. citizens, includes those who have naturalized, and it includes those who were born in the United States, uh, mainly second generation, but some third generation as well, whose parents were also born in the United States. And, and what we find is that the BJP uh is is head and shoulders above any other political party. Uh, uh, nearly a third of the sample identify with the BJP. Uh, just 12% uh, 
uh, identify with the Indian National Congress, and then uh, much smaller percentages, say parties like the the, the left parties or the BSP. Uh, here, there is a lot of uh, uh, there are a lot of people who say don't know forty percent, right? Which suggests that. Uh, for many Indian Americans, particularly those who are U.S. born, if you if you kind of look at where those responses are coming from, uh, don't express an opinion, which suggests that you know maybe they're at a kind of remove from the rough and tumble of the sort of day to day uh, a politics. So when you break it down by place of birth. The BJP numbers grow even stronger for the foreign-born. They shrink for the U.S.-born. The Congress numbers actually don't change that much. Uh, what really changes is the fact that U.S.-born Indian Americans are much more likely, almost one in two, 47%, to say, we don't have an opinion on this, or we don't have a political party that we have an affinity towards. Right. I think it's fair to say that the popularity of the Congress has waned in India over the last few decades. And perhaps the same dynamics are driving the phenomenon in the U.S. as well. But on top of that, and Milan, you've been in D.C. for a while and you've probably seen some of this, the BJP and organizations affiliated to it are much more organized overseas and in the U.S. specifically than the Congress has been. Of course, the nature of technology and connectivity has also changed, including since 2014, when Narendra Modi became prime minister. So what role do you think this engagement overseas has played in the BJP's popularity in the US? Well, I, I think it's played a decent role, right? So so first, you're absolutely right. The BJP unquestionably has become so much more popular uh, over the last decade in India. And it's natural that the diaspora would internalize some of that sentiment. And, and remember that this is such a fast-growing population. You know, more than half of Indian Americans who live here today have come since the year 2000, right? Which uh, is when the BJP became a much more uh, robust player on the kind of national political scene. Um, people who came in my parents' generation, say in the 1960s, right, they were coming from a world of Congress dominance, right? This was the sort of heyday of Indira Gandhi. So, so times really have um, have changed quite a bit. Uh, but undoubtedly, and you see this, um, you know, I've lived in DC now for almost 20 years, that uh, the BJP's uh, overseas networks, both through the Sangh Parivar as well as through groups like the Overseas Friends of the BJP, are much more active, much more organized, much more disciplined, um, and frankly know how to um, sell their product, right? Which is a lot of what political marketing is about. And so when you take those two developments, the general trend, the better organization, and then the unique charisma and popularity that Modi has, uh, and, and you know he is the number one most popular leader amongst Indian Americans, according to our survey, uh, much far ahead of where Rahul Gandhi is, who actually ranks as the least popular uh, of, of organizations of leaders we asked about. Um, I think that tells you everything you need to know about um, about you know the, the Modi connect here in the diaspora. So let's talk a little bit about that. What were Modi's approval ratings like amongst Indian Americans? I gather you've looked at this across different subgroups of Indian Americans. Yeah. So you know, suffice it to say that Modi is certainly popular, but 
it, that popularity it does have some variation. It's not uniform, right? I mean, this community, after all, is is more of a mosaic rather than a than a monolith. And so, about one in two uh, Indian Americans we surveyed uh, approved of the job that Modi uh, is doing as prime minister. Uh, and what's interesting about that is that there are certain subgroups that he seems to do particularly well under and certain subgroups that he fares very poorly. So let me give you a couple examples. Age actually is a very important predictor. If you are the youngest age category below the age of 30, so between 18 and 29, uh, you are more, much more likely to disapprove of Modi than you are if you're, you know, 30 and above. Uh, there's a striking religious divide, right? So just 20% of Indian American Muslims approve of the job that Modi is doing compared to 70% uh, of of Hindus, right? That's just a huge gap in terms of how they perceive uh, Mr. Modi. A lot of people wonder about how this breaks bipartisanship in the United States, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. And here, I think we found something a little bit unexpected, or at least contrary to the kind of conventional narrative, which is, you know, I think a lot of people believe that um, because the BJP is a right of center party and the Republican Party is a right of center party, that there's a natural kind of nexus there. And it is true that Republicans are much more likely to favor Modi. However, Modi's support is pretty strong amongst Democrats. Um, uh, it's still around that 50% mark. So, you know, the, this, there's, there's kind of a saying that's done the rounds that, you know, if you're, if you're pro Trump, uh, you're, you're pro Modi. And if you're anti Trump, you're anti Modi. Um, and, and that's not necessarily true. There are a lot of people in the United States who are anti Trump, who are in fact pro Modi. How do you think this is going to feed into the current administration's attitudes and messaging towards Modi? Because surely, they're going to be looking at the diaspora and the feedback they get from it to some extent when they're making these decisions. You know, my sense is that, uh, I mean, obviously you can see from their initial steps they are proceeding very cautiously. They want to keep up the engagement, but I, I do think there will be more attention paid to kind of diversifying our approach. Uh, you know, Mr. Trump went uh, all in on the kind of personal relationship between Trump and Modi. And I think the Biden administration is is very wary of that, uh, not only because, you know, it turns out the diaspora actually has a number of mixed views, but also because, you know, I think there are concerns about the trajectory of Indian democracy um, and uh, to what extent Modi might be re- responsible for some trends that we're seeing. And so, of course, uh, we will see outward warm relations between Biden and Modi. I have no doubt about that. Um, but I do think that there will be some wariness when it comes to making this uh, a kind of Biden-Modi relationship as opposed to really focusing on U.S. government and U.S. citizens have a partnership with the Indian government, and that's supported by our, our, our relationship, uh, which is two ways between our peoples. So going back to the diaspora, you talked about how Modi gets support from Republicans, but he's also getting quite a bit of support from Democrats. So if we look at issues rather than politicians, where do Indian Americans stand on liberal and conservative issues in the Indian context versus the American context? Because the support for Modi among Democrats or liberals, it seems that's not something that neatly maps across 
the India and US context. So are we seeing any surprises on the conservative and liberal positions of Indian Americans? It's it's a great question. It's something that we really puzzled over. And the way we decided to attack it was essentially to pick five kind of contentious debates in India policy debates, uh, things uh, over immigration, around citizenship, around the use of police force against protesters, the silencing of the media, you know, censorship of the media, uh, affirmative action, and basically ask uh, whether people support or oppose uh, tangible issues that fall into these buckets, right? So uh, it's Citizenship Amendment Act, the, uh, the the proposed All Indian National Registry of Citizens, uh, you know, the the government's use of defamation, sedition laws to try to silence uh, critical reporters uh, who write about the government, and we also asked a similar set of questions about the United States, because each of those issues I just mentioned have their analogs in, in American politics. Uh, and then we separately asked just a general question about the democratic norm of freedom of the press, of um, of the right to protest, right? To sort of get a sense of, okay, on the same cluster of issues, we have how people generically feel about it. We have how people feel about these issues in India, and we have how people feel about these issues in the United States. And, 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 and what's interesting is that... Uh, in a generic sense, you know, people are quite uh, supportive of, of, of all of these uh, kind of liberal values, right? We should treat members of all religious groups equally. Uh, we shouldn't allow police use of force against protesters. There should be affirmative action in university of admissions. But then things get really interesting where in the U.S. context, uh, Indian Americans tend to have more liberal attitudes. They tend to be greater in favor of some of these things as they apply in the United States and more conservative, uh, less supportive of some of these things in an Indian context. So that means, for instance, uh, just to, to make this more concrete, we, Indian Americans don't like the Muslim ban that President Trump imposed. However, they're much more favorable about uh, the Citizenship Amendment Act, right, which gives an expedited path to citizenship for a range of religious minorities, save for save for Muslims, right? Um, so it's a it's a really interesting uh, paradox in a sense of the same individual, put in different contexts, is espousing you know different views about the exact same issues or very similar issues. Why is this? Is it because of the differences in their relative positions in these different societies? Yeah, I mean, that's our sense, right, is that, um, look, we know that the majority of Indian Americans are Hindus, and they, of course, constitute the overwhelming majority back in India. And so they are likely to view issues in India from the position of being part of the majority community. Uh, however, when they're in the United States, as they are now, that's where we surveyed, surveyed them, of course, uh, Hindus and Indian Americans more generally are a distinct minority, right? And so the kinds of issues, concerns about equality, about justice are, are very different. And in fact, we kind of asked this explicitly by saying, look, to what extent do you think white supremacy in the United States is a threat? And to what extent do you think Hindu majoritarianism back in India is a threat? And what you see is is really interesting, which is, you know, Indian Americans are much more likely to rate white supremacy as a threat here than they are 
uh, Hindu majoritarianism back home, of course, there is a religious divide, right? So Hindus are much less worried about religious majoritarianism in India, but Muslims and Christians are significantly more uh, concerned about that. Everyone is concerned about white supremacy, where they diverge is the threat assessment they place on Hindu uh, kind of majoritarianism back in India. So let's talk a little bit about foreign policy. As you know, China and India and their conflict has been in the news. And with the transition to the Biden administration, people have been really listening in on whether he's using the term Asia-Pacific or Indo-Pacific. How does the Indian-American community feel about India, China and the US? What did you find yeah. So, you know, what was interesting to us is how deeply unfavorable attitudes are towards China. Um, so, you know, nearly two thirds of Indian Americans hold uh, either very unfavorable or somewhat unfavorable opinion of, of China. Very, very small number is willing to, to espouse uh, or admit a favorable opinion. And, you know, I think that tracks generally with U.S. public opinion, particularly in light of uh, the situation around COVID and its origins, but also Chinese um, kind of expansionism, you know, uh, aggression that they displayed both in India as well as in other parts of the world. Where there is some divergence, however, is what the U.S. should do about it, right? So, uh, we sort of asked the question, you know, do you think that the United States should help strengthen India uh, militarily as a check against China? Or should we, pr- we proceed in a more cautious way and not provoke China by further uh, 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 strengthening India's military? And there is a generational difference here. Uh, U.S.-born Indian Americans, I think, are much more cautious that... Uh, it may not be immediately obvious to them uh, why they should provoke China uh, by strengthening Indian militarily. And, and foreign-born Indian Americans um, uh, see it very clearly, right? They're, they're much more gung-ho about that approach. And, and you can also look at this uh, along partisan lines, right? Uh, it is true that Democrats and Republicans uh, both share an unfavorable opinion of China. But again, Democrats uh, are a little bit more cautious about uh, doing things that uh, are going to provoke China to retaliate. So, you know, I think that uh, I think makes for a very, very interesting context for the next four years here, right? Because I think this is perhaps one of the most important foreign policy questions that the new Biden administration is going to have to face, which is, you know, to what extent is the U.S. going to throw its weight around, including in its relationship with India, in ways that could make China increasingly uncomfortable? Or are we going to take, as many Indians fear, a much more accommodationist stance towards a rising China? So across the different survey dimensions, what surprised you the most? You know, I, I think two things surprised me, Ram. One was really to see how poorly the Congress party uh, rates, right? I mean, of course, I expected the BJP to be more popular. That makes all the sense in the world. Um, but to see how poorly Rahul Gandhi, the Congress brand, uh, gets rated was 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 was, was quite su- striking to me. And I think uh, should be sounding alarm bells within the party if they're not already been sounded. 
I think the second thing is uh, really just how uh, divided and in some senses polarized the Indian American diaspora has become, right? Uh, you see this most prominently uh, when you break uh, responses down by religion, right? If you look at Hindus versus non-Hindus, particularly Hindus and Muslims, um, they are uh, experiencing a, two different realities about what's happening back home in India. Um but also a generational divide. And, you know, I think that's something that I hope the government of India takes note of, which is, you know, the younger generation born in the United States is obviously growing at a very fast clip. Um, and if you look at their political views domestically in the United States, they tend to be more liberal. They tend to be more liberal about how they view the world, about how they, how, what they would like to see in India. Um, and those are the people who are uh, slowly emerging in positions of influence in business uh, in in capital on Capitol Hill in the in the executive branch and so on and so forth. So I think it would behoove them to really pay attention to the fact that you know there are some emerging cleavages that stem from divisions that are uh, manifest in India itself. So you're going to be doing a third survey report. Can you give us a preview of what to expect? Yeah. So so like I said, this was a kind of a series of three. So the the first looked narrowly at. U.S. domestic political attitudes, right? Uh, how they were thinking about the presidential election, how they're thinking about the political parties. This report we just spoke about looks at how they kind of relate to India. And the third and final report, which we hope will be out in April or May, looks at the kind of social realities and social identities of Indian Americans, right? Um, how do they assimilate or integrate in the United States? Um, do they endorse this idea of being Indian American? Do they see themselves as more Indian or more American? What do their social networks look like, right? To what extent is there a kind of enclave of, you know, Indians interacting, marrying, dating, uh, becoming friends with, with Indians? And to what extent are some of the cleavage we discussed today replicated in that sense of kind of social life, right? So, um, including the question that has gotten a lot of press coverage, as you know, of, of discrimination, right? To, to what extent is this something that people are experiencing? So uh, I think we're particularly excited about this because um, it, it's sort of the culmination, I think, of a lot of issues that we've been talking about for the past several months kind of coming to a head. Well, it's been a very interesting and enlightening discussion we hope you will be back to discuss the results of the third survey in the not-too-distant future. Thank you for your time today, Milan. It's been great talking to you. Thanks so much. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.